Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to continue our exploration of Mars's upcoming opposition to the planet Uranus by taking a look at five major Mars-Uranus themes that you are likely to see play out this week, maybe early into next week. And actually, because the new moon is forming in the same opposition, you might see it for the entirety of the next month, the next lunar cycle. So it's a good time to brush up on our Mars-Uranus archetypal combinations um, and, and sort of prep ourselves for uh, the transit ahead. Uh, we started off by looking at why this transit is so impactful through some of the major contextual factors surrounding the conjunction, including the new moon, the fact that Mars is combust and going through the Kazemi transformation of the synodic cycle. If you want to look at some of those contextual factors that we already visited, be sure to go back to the video at the beginning of this week, because that'll give you even more on the same topic in case you missed it. That is our goal for today. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe and share your comments and reflections. All of this really helps our channel and community to grow. So we really appreciate you guys. I always love seeing what your thoughts are on these transits or your experiences. If you have a good story to share this week, circle back around to us and drop your story off in the comment section using the hashtag grabbed. And uh, we'll be sure to collect your stories. In fact, um, I have a series of Mars Uranus stories that I'm going to be sharing this week um, that come from uh, students, clients, uh, people in the past. So I have kind of like an archive of stories and I'll be sort of dipping into those uh, to hopefully illustrate a little bit more about what Mars and Uranus is like. Um, that if you need a transcript, that's what I was going to say. If you're looking for a transcript of today's talk, transcripts can always be found on my website, nightlightastrology.com. And when you are over there, don't forget that we have our new course, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystics, starting on November 18th. It is coming up. We're down to the deadline for registration almost. So you have a little bit of time to register still. You'll hear me promoting it this week and next, and then we are off to the races. But we'd still love for you to join us. 30 classes on the year. They're all live webinars. They're all recorded in case you can't make it live and hosted for you to download or watch on our class uh, website. Uh, you get lifetime access to that material. There are breakout study sessions with tutors. Those are all recorded as well. There's a forum discussion where you can ask questions. There's a tutoring staff there to answer questions. You can email me throughout the year. There's a workbook. There's bonus material. There's optional reading. There's a uh, certification exam at the end for people who are thinking about going professional. We do recommend both year one and two for those who are thinking of trying to make astrology a career. But this is a good place to get started and uh, study ancient Hellenistic astrology with us. At the bottom, you'll find enrollment options. Early Bird saves you $500 off. You can stretch out the payments over 12 months if you want to use the payment plan. And then need-based tuition assistance. We do still have openings for need-based tuition. So if you are someone who would really love to study in this program, but you need a little bit of help to make sure you're not spreading yourself too thin. We know that people have debt, that sometimes people are in between jobs or only working part-time or you're on a fixed family budget. We get it. So we want to make sure people aren't priced out of studying a sacred uh, subject like astrology. If you fall into that category, be sure to use the need-based tuition option. We'd be glad to work with you. Um, so uh, we always just trust people who can afford to take the program at our asking cost that we'll do that. And if people need a little bit of help, no shame in that. Please use that. That's what it's there for. Um, so <clears throat> let's take a look at the Mars Uranus transit and kind of refresh ourselves. And like I said, be sure that you're looking at the video at the start of this week for a little extra context. There's a lot of context around this opposition. So let's take a look. Here is the opposition forming. And uh, I'm going to 
push this out by just some hours here and we'll get it exact. Here we go. So you can see here that Mars um, Saturday, November 11th, that's this Saturday, is making the opposition. And that is mid-afternoon. This is central time in Minnesota. This is mid-afternoon um, here in the United States, Mars opposite Uranus. And then we get the new moon coming through. Uh, and we talked about that as part of the important context of what makes this a little bit uh, a little bit more powerful. And the new moon will uh, come through if we kind of advance it a little bit. I'll just show you that new moon again so you're up on it. So here's the new moon. This is Monday, early in the morning, Monday, uh, and so Sunday night into Monday. And that new moon is also opposite Uranus with Mars just a degree off from separating, or just a degree of separation from the opposition. So a very powerful entire lunation cycle being toned. Um, and there's other contextual factors. Again, I, I recommend you revisit uh, earlier in the week's um, talk for more on that. Okay, so what are the five themes that we want to watch for? I tried to narrow it down to five and make them sort of value neutral. Like these could be very, um, these could be experiences that reflect wisdom and intelligence and thoughtfulness and and all of the best virtues, you know, and, and we could experience these things in a very positive and productive way. The same exact, um, the same exact transits could show up in way, the same exact themes could also be experienced in ways that are much more destructive and that, you know, they, they show up and we take two steps back because, um, maybe, you know, and, and sometimes it's like, you, you just got to give yourself some room to not get everything perfect, you know, to like, just, we, we make mistakes. We don't always handle the energies of the transits very well. That's okay too. We can still learn, but they can, these, any of these themes could be read in, in ways that are more positive or, or more negative or constructive or destructive. So just keep that in mind. Number one, <clears throat> aggressive breakthroughs. So one of the things that Uranus is known for is the, the experience of breakthrough. And by breakthrough, you mean, um, you, we think of like the, uh, well, oh, I'm going to forget, is it the chrysalis stage? You think of the, the the butterfly sort of poking its way out of the cocoon or the chrysalis or whatever that is. I forget the stages. Um, and I should know because my daughter just did this at school. They went they went through all the stages and she was so proud she knew all of them. So anyway, if you think of the the, the like the leg or the, the elbow sort of poking through. Or if you think about that moment, for those of you uh, women out there who have had uh, a child, uh, you think about the moment when um, there's that tremendous surge and release going from contraction to the baby actually coming out where it's just this very, um, oftentimes it's a very forceful, relieving, sudden, dramatic event. Boom, the baby's out like that. Um, when you think about Uranus, your one of the qualities of Uranus is to, where there has been something stuck, where there has been a habit that you're trying to break, but you can't. Uranus will often create the conditions by means of which you may break through what was previously a limit, a restriction, or a, a place of stuckness or inertia. Boom, suddenly it breaks through. Now, Add into that the sort of heat, uh, heat, speed, intensity, aggressiveness, 
action-orientedness of Mars, and you get a breakthrough that is much more fast, sudden, potentially more uh, dramatic because it has that kind of drive of the god of war behind it. So an aggressive breakthrough. Con experience constructively, this could be fast, sudden, exhilarating, empowering, and 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 all of those qualities constituting a breakthrough, they don't have to be bad at all. You, you don't have to uh, feel like, you know, well, this is going to mess me up because, you know, sometimes an aggressive, like a kind of Marsy breakthrough is just what we need. It's very empowering. On the other hand, the aggressive breakthrough can be something that, well, for example, I know that like one, I'll never forget that one of the things that the, the midwives, the doula was doing when my wife was, when Ashley was pregnant and, you know, in, in, uh, in labor and, and delivering the, our, our kids, you know, was they'd often like, they use like oils to massage, to make sure that there's not tearing, you know, that happens for the woman in labor. You guys, I'm sure many of you out there are familiar with this. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> I'm like, the recommendation is that you lube up. <laughs> so that you don't tear <laughs> with Uranus. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I'm just, I'm like a third grader. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, but that's the thing, right? This is the kind of breakthrough that can tear or break or hurt. And so you do have to be careful because there's a kind of destructive element. It's like someone who gets so mad that they suddenly punch a hole in the wall and break their, you know, break their hand. You have to be careful of that. All right. Number two is emancipation by force. <clears throat> the emancipation is, you know, that I need to be free. I want to be uh, liberated or um, released from some form of, of bondage. It's very similar to the idea of there being a limit that has to be broken through. But this has more to do with the feeling of being enslaved or trapped or oppressed. And it could be by yourself, by an energy, by a pattern, by a person, by a job. And now through forceful action, you know, it's like, um, I think a little bit of the movie, uh, Jerry Maguire, and Tom Cruise goes, who's coming with me? <laughs> you know, like he's walking out of the job. I think he might've gotten fired too. I don't remember, but uh, I'm leaving. I'm going. Nobody can stop me. It's just that day where you, you just walk out of work, you know? <laughs> so emancipation by force would also be a, like a Mars Uranus theme would be like, um, you know, uh, you know, like in an emancipation proclamation kind of event historically or or something that is about the freeing of a prisoner who's been falsely imprisoned or um, <clears throat> the release of um, the, the, the abolishment of slavery, the uh, dissolving of laws that are unfairly oppressive through um, demonstration, you know, like political activism, uh, violent or peaceful protests, you get you kind of Mars Uranus theme. So that, again, could be a positive or a negative. Uh, emancipating by force can be a good thing, but it can be a kind of metaphorically bloody thing, even if it's good. Sometimes also, when seeking some kind of emancipation, 
and the use of force is necessary, we could also exert too much force or kind of overcompensate for the level of stuckness that we feel. Number three would be reactionary damage. <clears throat> With reactionary damage, you're thinking about something that triggers you and then your response is extreme. You get There's a funny thing, I saw a meme recently, you know, or a GIF or whatever those things are um, on Instagram. And it was, I think it was Chris Farley and, and someone else. And uh, the caption was like, you know, how a mom feels when she gets to the end of a rope at a long day and her nervous system is overstimulated. And, you know, Chris Farley's hair is like all messed up and he, he, he's just like go completely blowing up. Like I'm done, I'm done, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's also sort of Mars Uranus. It's you reach a breaking point and suddenly there is a release of pent up energy that demonstrates that you cannot play by the rules any longer. You cannot act conventionally. You cannot be harnessed in by social expectations. You, you're not going to abide by the rules. You're not going to play with the right etiquette. You're just going to exert force in a way that um, is sort of defiant, rebellious, and um, enlivening. Maybe it feels good. Maybe it's exactly what you need to do. But also because things have been stuck up, stuck, you know, it, it, you can have this way where things are sort of releasing um, in in damaging ways. You can burn a bridge. You said this many times with Mars Uranus. You can burn bridges. You can also um, you can again. I would say overcompensation is a real thing. If you've been stuck long enough, then you know eventually. I think I told you guys a story about the woman who screamed. Do you remember this? She was dealing with like a chronically suppressive husband or an, an environment. And it was like a family gathering and she just screamed. And it was like the scream that shook the, the whole family. <laughs> Mars Uranus, very Mars Uranus. That Does that scream? It wasn't parallel. It wasn't like proportionate to anything that had actually happened in that moment. It was historical, right? It was a scream that had been pent up for a long time. So this reactionary damage, you have to be careful because Mars Uranus is, is sort of like a torpedo coming at you from, you know, a, a place um, that has maybe been rather stuck or sort, sort of uh, unable to express itself uh, because of the force of habit and time and so forth. So your reactions can be big and huge and out of proportion with what's happened. That may not be something you can help because sometimes the, you know, when the levy breaks or whatever, just, it just breaks. Uh, but be aware of the tendency toward extreme reactions. Number four would be risk taking courage. <clears throat> risk taking courage is also a hallmark of Mars Uranus, um, which could be, absolutely idiotic and lead to accidents. I'm going to drive really fast. I'm going to do some kind of extreme sport. I'm going to parkour my way over a bench and land on my head, you know? Uh, so you could fall right on Uranus. <laughs> oh gosh. So the risk-taking courage is there to support us. It is also something that, um, it, it you want to be careful because again the 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 feeling of I'm going to take this risk and it's going to go exactly as I plan um, 
you know, the, the speed, intensity, and impulsiveness of Mars paired with Uranus doesn't always translate into a perfect result. Sometimes the results are sort of bloody and messy. And so you just have to remember, like, if you think of think of revolutionary wars or civil wars where there's people fighting for freedom, those are rarely like peaceful affairs. And that's why, you know, the god of war paired with Uranus may embolden, but but it can come along with um, taking some damage. The vessel can take some hits. Um, <clears throat> so risk-taking courage, a positive and a negative, depending, you know, little, uh, little look before you leap is probably advisable um, with this transit. Uh, it's not to like, I don't want to cut anyone's wings or say that you should be, you know, too conservative, but the tendency of this transit, especially in an opposition, um, the polarization of these planets can lead to a kind of confidence that's not always realistic. Nonetheless, we may still need to take a risk, and the empowering effects of this transit can be a very positive thing at the same time. Number five, enlivening and emboldening, emboldening energy. Wherever you feel dead or stuck or stagnant, you may suddenly just feel energized. I'd say one of the most positive effects that I see for people having Uranus to Mars natally is that they suddenly just get energized, whether it's with their health or a sport or, you know, um, wellness or getting things done. There's suddenly a feeling of the, the wind being at your back, filling the sails and that you can do anything. And that's a wonderful feeling to have and to try to harness a little bit of. Um, just remember that it's what we do with these moments uh, and that that kind of sets a trajectory of where we're going. <clears throat> they don't last forever. So it, it is, I always tell people like when these energies come by, do something. If you've been meaning to start a creative project, or if you've been meaning to start learning or studying something or taking better care of your health or doing something different in a relationship, when you feel that empowering energy come on, don't let it just be a high that you talk about for a couple of days. You know, try to actually do something with it. I, I think a lot of times I see people go, well, you know, I got really pumped up, but it, like nothing really happened. Well, it, you know, it's so sort of like if it's snowing out, go sledding. Don't just sit there and go, oh, look, it's perfect for sledding. You actually have to do something. And that's a very Mars Uranus theme too. do it. It's very like Nike, like just do it. Okay. <clears throat> that's it for today. I wanted to give you guys five top themes you can expect to see uh, as the Mars Uranus energy comes in. And we're going to tell some stories about Mars Uranus as well. I did a storytelling episode about this that people really loved. And I have always more stories. Uh, so um, we'll share some new ones with you guys this week too. All right, that's it for now. I hope you guys are having a good one. Take it easy. Bye.